to invite. Don't beg don't the, touch don't the, beg table. the table. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's let's try again. Um, I first of all would like to welcome everybody to our very first episode of our Gen Exodus podcast. This is amazing. We are broadcasting from Chapman University in Orange, California, and we're going to be doing several episodes here. We may be moving to another location, but this is the start of something amazing. This is under the umbrella of my um, film festival, which is the Zeitgeist Film Festival, shameless self-promotion here. And this has been an amalgamation of my life's journey, has brought me here, and this is my life's work, is what I'm doing. I would like to start off by thanking my amazing crew that's doing this by volunteer. It really means a lot to me. And um, I know during the pandemic, we all want to like be like, oh, people are at their worst. We've gotten to this place in society where everybody's awful. But I really, truly believe there's still awesome people out there. So I really want everybody to think this podcast is going to be positive. We're going to do a ton of bitching. We're going to do a ton of banter. But know at the end of the day, like, we really do want to have a sense of community and find our tribe and just have a good time. But we will bitch doing that because I think our generation loves to bitch. So I'd like to introduce everybody. We have our two-cent cam over there with Rachel Lee, who's also a Gen Xer. Hello. And we, she's going to just chime in her two cents every time she feels like saying something. And would you like to start off by telling us uh, what Gen X means to you? What it means to be a Gen Xer? How you identify as a Gen Xer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing like being put on the spot. Why am I first? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get no, back I'm just to kidding. you. We'll talk um, and then we can get back to you. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess it's just, it's hard to say because it's just who I am. It's just yeah. how I grew up. I think it's interesting to have grown up at a time I feel like we're like this mix of everything. Like I remember we had the one TV and I was the remote control. So it was like, you know, go turn the TV up and turn the TV down. And I remember having my first remote. I remember the first microwaves. I, we've was seen your technology. first remote. Did it have a cord? Attached it had a to cord. It? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, to see so many technologies come and go right within our. Is, we're not that old. No, we're like not that the old. Pager. It was the most important thing. But, I mean, but beyond that, you've got cassette tapes right. and CDs and yeah. DVDs. Like, new technology is right. really Because we were the tail end. Like, records had been around since, like, the 1900s, and we still had records and roller right. skates. So we were still, like, the technology of the last 50 years. Right. And the then within the our, analog. Yeah, analog. The last the analog. So within right. our lifetime, shit changed at a, you know, amazing yeah. So it's I've always just been rate. like, I've just always been really like wowed by technology and wowed by all of the things. And so I, to see it like grow to what it is now, mm. I find incredibly interesting. Um, I also can see downsides to it because what I see is like people splintering and I see a mm. loss of intimacy and people not knowing how to really forge real friendships or right. trust. Like it's hard to trust people. Um, that you haven't grown up with and formed such solid bonds with. So I it's, always I, think it's funny because when we were at parties, like if you were not talking to anybody and you were humiliated, you had to suffer. But now I see people, they have nobody to talk to. They got their phones. We had to suffer. We had to suffer. It was like you're humiliated. I know. So I feel like, like we're where's a the bathroom? <laughs> You'd like run to the, well, <laughs> the bathroom. Just wait until they take it even further with this whole metaverse that, you know, they're coming out oh. with. People aren't going to be doing this anymore. They're going to be having their blinders on and now oh, you're going to have to be dealing with VC that. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's Wally. Like we're just really 
really trying to be Wally. Why? Now, can I, don't I know ask why. you a question though about the technology? Like, you know, we saw it change. Do you feel like that you were on the cutting edge of it, or do you feel like you got left behind? Like, were we in somehow? the wake of it? Yeah. Like, do you do you know how to use the computers and 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 yeah. the apps on the phone? You yeah, were one yeah, of those yeah. people that do. She knows okay. how to use it, but she's not a social. It's not like it's a technical tool for her, not a way of life. That's probably true. I mean, I'm on social media and I get on social media and all that kind of stuff, but I don't not define to the degree. yourself by it. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but I use it. Of course. I use it. We um, have to. But I don't. It's it's not my primary source of connection Joy. or information <laughs> or information. Well, information i would say probably oh really okay yeah i mean i'm not gonna go to a library i'm gonna get on the computer or my phone and google something oh but oh, not was, social yeah, media like not scrolling facebook, you know yeah facebook information well not facebook no yeah. i don't use facebook very much but okay so for you it's a technological definition what about a sensibility like do you feel like gen xers have a certain way of looking at life in general like I think, but I think that goes hand in hand because I think that there's a sense of wonder with Gen X where we kind of like are more curious and questioning. Because all this technology was like sci-fi to us. We're like, ooh, ah. Right. I mean, I remember, you know, as a kid watching the Jetsons and being like, oh my God, how fucking cool would it be to have a watch on my wrist and I could talk to my phones during, (laughs) to my friends during class. You're like, And now here I am at like 50 in grad school with the watch on my wrist and I text my friends during class. Like. You know. I still want my flying car that turns into a briefcase, wow. though. That's, that's not going to happen. And where is my mechanical maid? Those are the two things. I want the mechanical maid. Need, you know, like, we where, need that. Rosie? Yeah, but we've seen too many movies now, and you see that they all come to life and kill you, so it's probably yeah, we, not we that good of an idea. Yeah, we can't have self-aware androids. <laughs> no. Ap- well, that's where we draw the line. All right, so we're defining our terms of what Gen X is, and I know a lot of listeners are going to be like, "How it's so arbitrary. That's one of my Ph.D. advisors is like, Gen X is arbitrary. So we're defining Gen X being born between the years 65 to the early 80s it's debatable whether it's 1980 82 83 i guess it depends right we only got 15 years boomers get 20 years of definition and what is it than just being born within that age because we're going to talk about how the gen xers can't all be clumped in neither can any generation be all clumped into one category but there are certain sensibilities that a generation is defined by and that's what we're going to be discussing today in our first episode so uh, the first time the, wor- the word Gen X, Generation X, was really known was Billy Idol's you know, first band, Generation X. And that's late 70s, the punk rock band before he went solo. And then years later, in 1991, Douglas Copeland wrote a book, uh, Generation X. And this is when like, the actual generation was named. Okay, So since the 90s, then Gen X actually had an identity. So I guess throughout the 80s, we were just kind of going along with the boomers. <laughs> we didn't have a name. Yeah, but prior to that, you had everybody else had a name. And they, right, yeah, they the just su- gave us this right. kind of generic. Well, what is, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do the table. So what does X mean? X marks the spot. X is a variable. Like, why do we go from boomers to X? Because then there's Y, Z, and they're going to alpha now. Yeah, but so that's a rip X. off of X. That's, well, well, not, that's what I'm X. saying. So why well, do we go from boomers to X? Well, I don't know. Is it? I always thought it was like the tenth generation, and we just happen to be an X. Am I making that up mm. in my brain? <laughs> well, see, and this is funny because Scott yeah. and I last night were scrolling like the definition of Gen X. What does it mean? And a lot of people were saying because we're unidentified, and we were kind of the we're the also the lost, lost generation. generation. 
So it is like a variable when you don't know the word for a number, you put X in algebra. So we just didn't have well, that definition. We were the first generation to really grow up without parents being latchkey kids, time. divorce. We, you know, we came we came home to television sets. Yeah, you know, MTV generation. Absolutely, so and that's where I think the wild streak and the party pop culture and definition. the lack of um, kind of ex respecting authority comes from is that we didn't have it at that young age, and if we did, we rebelled against it. That's yeah, so true. That's the you youth know, gone wild. If you're yeah. going to define our generation based For on us. Billy Idol's band, yeah, that's kind of a fuck you to begin with, right? right. I mean, that's just kind of a punk rock way to, to label us. So we were already... So if you're going to... We're going to appropriate that fuck you and be like, okay, we'll fuck Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the second episode. Yeah. Fuck it. It is. It's like guilty. If you're going to assume that I'm this way, well, I'll Let's own it. <laughs> you got it. Um, so also a goal of this podcast is to create that sense of community because I would be blabbing about something I'm developing, this pilot uh, during the film festival, and a lot of people my age were just like, I feel so lost in these conversations. Like you go online – People are, and I'm going to insert some memes here for you watching on YouTube. I'm going to insert some memes here of the millennials and the boomers having these fights about jobs and economy and culture. And it's like, we're never in the conversation. I never see Bill Maher's always bitching about the millennials. I never hear him talk about Gen Xers. I never hear when they go, oh, the millennials and the job market. Why are we not part of that conversation? And you were talking about politically as well. We don't have representation. I mean, we have we never a bit, have. We but never not. Have. And I, I have referred to our generation as the Prince Charles generation many oh, times. This is going to be a great <laughs> segue because Prince Charles is never going to be king. Let's face it; that that lady is going to be queen. It's so funny. Longer than Prince Charles will be alive. I I'm was sorry, just getting just stuff this morning for our craft service on the magazine. Is like the queen has recovered because yeah. she was sick for a bit. She's, got, oh she's my going God. nowhere. Do you remember in the Great Mouse Detective? They like did it animat Radigan did an animatronic queen. <laughs> like they're going to do that. They're just going to keep her going. Well, that's well, what I was saying earlier. Like it, back in the medieval times, like he would have just poisoned her by now and gotten it over with. Like, you know, because totally. it's new. I mean, now like every it's on TV. You can't just like off the queen, but she would I mean, have been long could? gone. Right. But does he even want to be king? Does he want to just hang out with Camilla? Like, do we even want that? Like, do we want the power? Do we want to just do our own thing? Like, nobody's gonna listen. I mean, to is us I anyway. Prince Charles Gen X? No, no, but we're the Prince Charles. Oh, we are. No, no, I hear we're you. I say the analogy. Yeah, I don't think he's. I think he would be more. Oh, more he's boomer, boomer they're, right? They're he's older. There. Yeah, if even that. I he mean, I feel like boomer. there was a time when he wanted to be king. But yeah, but I now think he's now, over it. Like maybe well, when he was with Diana, but now he just wants to hang out with Camilla. And after after however long he's been alive, and he's always had to play second fiddle, you know, you that get that gets conditioned in you, and that's kind of what Gen X is too, because. The, if if the baby boomers are just now leaving the workforce, we have never allowed to be the boss. We right. were never taken seriously. We were always the underlings. Uh, and so that gets conditioned in you over time. And you start to believe that. I don't think Prince Charles would ever well, okay. want to be king. So when the last I don't think he has a self-esteem to be king. I think he's been browbeaten for so long that, you know. When the last uh, election was coming up, I was talking to a family member. That's a generalization. I was and, well, right, right, but we can generalize here. Prince this Charles is, is like, experience. wait a minute. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't never, know Prince I Charles, and I really that. don't know the monarchy. <laughs> I'm using him as just First a, a, a episode <laughs> lawsuit. Okay. <laughs> that would be. Prince hey, Charles wait, is like, oh, I can just offer? I didn't know that. Here's. Here's the thing. my Okay, so my family member was going to vote for Mayor Bloomberg. And I'm like, Andrew Yang, I feel, is just such a great candidate. And he's my age, right? And she's like, we don't trust you guys. 
I'm like, you guys, we're 40s, 50s. Like, when are you going <laughs> to trust us? Like, I crashed the car once in 93. I'm still not allowed to drive the family car. Well, you know, like, e even. When are you going to let us do stuff? It's it's Alexandra or Allie. I don't know. Are you Allie? Alexandra? Allie is, yeah, call me Allie. Okay. So <laughs> it's Allie's birthday today, and yeah. I was just overheard the conversation you had with your parents. Uh, getting just, ready for the podcast. Getting ready upstairs. for the podcast. Yeah. And, and your mom says, oh, I had to call because I wanted to wish my little girl a happy birthday. And your dad said, oh, little Allie Schmally. And <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's harmless to them. They mean it, you know, I know your parents, and they don't mean right. it with any animosity towards you or whatever else. But you're, you're, wait, what? can I say your age? Yes, I mean, okay. I'm 46 today. You're 46 today. years yes. old today. Right. You are a grown woman. They you're treat not me Allie like I'm Schmally. 16. You're not a little girl. You're a grown woman, and that's that's kind of how the baby boomers will always see us. My mother tells me all the time, you'll always be my little boy. And, you know, hey, it's endearing and heartwarming to think, oh, I'm always her little boy. But at the same point in time, if you never see me as a man, how are you ever going to take me seriously? And they don't. And that's at least part our of parents. the problem. Let me we know, like, it's not the same experience for everybody. No. But no. we've noticed between us growing up together, and maybe it's like where we grew up, the you know, where we grew up middle class. The over middle class Not lifestyle. everybody is going to have the same experience. But I have talked to several people my age, and they feel the same way. Like, why do I still feel like I'm in trouble or getting grounded? Well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. let's. And this is a legitimate devil's advocate question. Yes. Because um, I say this, like, going back to what you were talking about, like how, you know, middle school, we came home, and we were, like, partying from then on, like, you know, yeah. and it's and we've never kind of like gotten away from that. And so I know like my kids have said, because I have kids that are like grown kids at this point, And they're like, man, you party harder than we do. And I'm like, <laughs> that's cool or embarrassing. <laughs> like, I don't know. But my point is, like, it, do we take ourselves seriously enough for other people to take us seriously? I, I, and that's the thing, too. Like, here I am. Like, like, if we're so proud of the fact that we're still partying. Right. But yet we also want to be CEO. Like, I don't want to be a CEO. No, I, I see that. So that's, that's what I'm part saying. Part of like, Gen X, too. Rachel, I think that that's there a is million dollar question. It's the paradox. I it call is that the Gen X paradox. These posters you see, the majority I've had since I was a teenager. Like, they follow me around. <laughs> and my mom constantly goes, when are you going to grow up and not have the same posters? I'm like, well, I still love. It's not like nostalgia. Like, I still love this stuff. <laughs> it's not retro for me. It's always been a part of my life. And I, I used to, in my 30s, feel a little bit weird about it. But now I'm just like, I don't care. Like, I love my shit. But I think you're right. Do we want to be like that? Do we want to I don't know that? that we do. So that's that's my, that, I guess that's, like, my biggest question that I've always kind of wondered. Is they don't like, take us seriously because we don't, we don't want to be. We don't want to be serious. And that mm. was, like, we were trying to talk about, like, what defines, like, we're known, and I do because I date younger guys, duh. I say, what do you think when you hear Gen <laughs> X? Because I want your opinion. And they, they're like, you guys know how to have fun. Oh, I thought he just turned to you and said, okay, boomer. <laughs> no, no, no. I get you okay, know? boomer online when I like say stuff in the comments on YouTube. I get okay, boomer. I'm like, I'm not a boomer. I'm Gen X. And they go, huh? What is Gen X? Right. They don't, they they don't, don't know. know what it is. But people that do know what Gen X is, that is not part of our generation, they see us as fun. Like we had the cool music. We had the parties. You go and see a movie from the 80s. They're like teeping the trees and party when your parents yeah, are Yeah, but gone. now they're redoing and the best movies. drugs. So Let's it's like it's almost an erasing of that. But, remake, but you're not living that experience. You can't just, like, plop it in another decade. It's, like, yeah. not the zeitgeist. Hello, zeitgeist. Right. Shameless self-promotion. But I think Rachel has a good point there. It's, like, do I want my dad to think I'm an adult? Like, I don't care. 
<laughs> I right. really don't. I kind of, and this is going to go into our episode too. Like, so where do we go from here, right? We don't want it. And there is a legacy. People are calling this the great resignation. The boomers are retiring. There's not enough Gen Xers. That's another thing in the pie chart because of the 70s and Vietnam and the disillusionment, birth control, less children. We and are, Roe versus Wade. Ro- like all yeah. those things gave people the, the ability to choose to if have they a wanted large to have family. a family. And so there was a drop in population. A drop in population. So Women Gen wanted Xers, to be in the workforce. We have a very yes. small demographic. Yes. So our voice is not as loud as millennials and boomers. That's for sure. So that's the point is where is our place in all this from here? Like, we're in our 40s and 50s, but we're still having a voice. We still need to forge our way in this world. But I don't want to just take the boomer's place and continue on. Right. I mean, I like sitting at the kids' table, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) It's usually where the better conversations are to be had. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather have no responsibility. (laughs) Fuck it, right? Totally. In my 30s, I was like, nobody's taking me seriously. Why? Now I'm like, you know what? I'll just produce my own damn thing and have fun. Like, I don't need anybody. Well, and that's, I think, what I keep yeah, I I yeah. They tell me not to do something, and I'm <laughs> gonna do it. It's the yeah. We'll just We're put, like soundproofing on the table. Rebel yell. Yeah, we should have. Had. Uh, but that's what that's another thing that I think defines us because we do buck authority. Um, we have always been taught to follow our dreams. We have always been yeah. taught that anything you want to do is got it. possible. Look at all in these the movies, movies in the 80s. In the zeitgeist Ka- of the 80s. Karate Kid, make your dream happen. Yeah, Every film do- was about the underdog. And by the end of the film, they had a dream, flash dance. You just make it. Ha- if you believe it in enough, you can make it happen. Well, you got to do it with hard work, too. Hard work, for thing. sure. It's you don't a, just it's dream, a dream it. dream until you actually take the but steps to make it happen. But you have to take the steps. The hard right. work happens in a montage. Yeah. Hard, the, hard work, <laughs> the hard work is in that's, the montage. Totally you put on the thing, do some workout, a rocky montage. You're done. You're ready. Oh, thanks, ready South Park. That was great. <laughs> But right, like, I feel like my life is one long montage, though. Like, I feel like everything has led up to now. Like, my time in Europe, our time, you know, in Denver, meeting Rachel here. Everything has led to this point. But then every, all the boomers are like, your mom, when are you going to have a, you know, a full-time paycheck? You're like, mom, I'm never going to have this job where I work 30 years well, and actually, then have I did. pension. Well, I didn't have the pension, but I did. I, and I find my, found myself getting very comfortable with my job. You get comfortable and... and I've never been the type of person to stay in one place for very long, but you give me a paycheck and all of a sudden, I've been an artist my entire life, so it's been, you know, oh, I do this job here, I'll wait tables to fill in the gaps or or what have you. But your mom has never saw that as a lifestyle. She saw that as leading up to having that permanency. No, but but I feel a little bit more vindicated now with the millennials coming into the workforce and it has become more of a gig economy. And now that is accepted. You can you can be taken seriously if you work job to job to job. Back when, you know, well, because because that world does not exist. The, the world that they grew up in, which is you go and you work at this company and you work there for thirty something years, exist. and then you retire and they pay your health benefits and you get a pension. It does not exist. Well, you know what's funny and is so that I argue that gone. all the time, but my brother and my okay, sister. Okay, no, both we're have gonna it. talk. Do about they the work for the government yes. though? And we have us artists. It only really exists in the government, like the corporate America. Like they do away with that stuff. You, my my sister has it through a hospital. They, my brother's an accountant and has understand. it through his. So my no, parents, Scott, it could go away at any minute. That's what they don't understand. Oh. They think it's stable. Yeah. It well, still look exists, at Enron. but it doesn't have the stability. Yeah. Of it doesn't that they think it does, and that's the thing. It's like this hallucinogenic like fever dream that they have. They gave into the boomers' reality of you just have security, have a job retire you're done and they don't realize the pandemic made us and we're going to talk about that in the second episode it made a lot of people reevaluate is this what i really want 
and mm -hmm. some people are too fearful to take, but we've always had this lifestyle of job to job, so this was like our time to just take the chances, move Sense here, do this. Yes. But to people like my sister and his sister and it, the boomers, they can't even fathom. Well, my sister's not a boomer. She, no, I was, I just talked. You know, Gen X is kind of pointing at how it's set up. You know, you have this X, and you have these two paths that cross or cross and diverge. And I think half of that X is the lost. What we're talking about right That's now. Right. Those of us here in this room that are are, are piping in, and the other half is my Your brother, sister, my sister, my who sister. bought into the baby boomer mentality, and they actually are thriving with that mentality still to this day. But for how long? You know, we've we've this pandemic made everything incredibly fragile. We noticed that you know my stable job, my paycheck that I finally finally attained, went away overnight. But that's why people and have this fear of holding on to the past because the future is so uncertain. Our future has always been uncertain. Right. So like we is no different for us. But for people like them, the thought of losing their job they've had for 10, 15, 20 years is absolutely abhorrent. So they have to ignore it or deny it or it's not happening. Shoot, when we were in Denver, we each had 13, 14 jobs. Oh, I quit jobs like that yeah. day and got another one. <laughs> like my my uh, supervisor at Men was, she's like, oh, are you cut? I'm like, pretty much. I'm Just out. walked yeah. out like deuces. I would quit jobs and get one like the next hour. But to a lot of but people, that's, that's Denver, important. man. I lived oh, in Denver. Denver. It was the same thing. It's yeah. like. You just walk out of a job and just go to the restaurant next door. Yeah, yeah. That's still happening there. Well, and and but the restaurant industry, we're going to talk about this has in the now next been episode. decimated. Has now been decimated. So there really isn't even that. Well, One point two million topic. in the industry since twenty twenty, since the pandemic. One point two million ha have left the industry by choice. Now that we're back, they don't want to go back. They see that you're getting two dollars minimum wage an hour, being treated like get me a side ranch, this and that. They're like, I don't want this. Mm -mm. I'm expendable. I don't have benefits. I'm not coming back. How is my life to be a servant to somebody else? You know, to, right. to be in the service industry is one thing, but the way the tip structure is set up and everything else, it creates this. Uh, you know, I am better than thou, and I'm not know, gonna lie. I don't think my sister. My sister went into the army right after high school. She never had like a shit job. You know, you and I have had so many shit jobs. Absolutely, because we've had to make things work. And that's why I think po we're poised for a. So the world that the we live in now, we're forward. more we're would, more ready than somebody. Yeah, than somebody that my sister has had structure and stability her entire life. If that gets shaken up, she's I. Me and you are just like Which okay, what's next? Yeah, me too. Right, like. Yeah, no, I mean, I've always just jumped from job to job, and I mean, so it was just like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing now? Cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm it's not going to say exactly how much money we don't have, right? but we're like, oh, until this month, like, I got it. My sister never had that problem where she's, like, broke, you know? Like, I've always had that problem. But I think, but is that, I, mean, I don't think that has anything to do with Gen X as much as just, like, being creative and... Oh, yeah, uh, be, it, and yeah, bohemian. Being an artist and, and choosing a life that's more of a, of a struggle. But it did say together. in our research last night that Gen Xers were more likely to be flexible and take chances because we were we did have that sense of independence. So we did have that wherewithal well, to take the plunge. And we were also told through pop culture and everything else that take, you can do yeah. anything as long as All you work hard. All the movies in the eighties. Yes. You got to dream, make it happen. You got to work hard. You don't just dream upon a star; it happens. But you can make it happen. And that's kind of why I'm taking this chance with this podcast. Like. I was told at you know here at the school you got to do this you got to do that I was like I really want to do this podcast and I fought for this I really did I'm not just doing this to rebel and like screw you to authority but it's like I believe in it and and how many okay how many people of an authoritative I guess who have authority over you in this program 
were a little opposed to that. Oh, I had people that were supportive, and I had people that were, like, raising an eyebrow. Yeah. But, but this is the future. This is what... Right. Streaming, podcast, web series, like, all of that. And so it's funny that we're the ones that are a bit older, but we're looking at that and knowing that you need to be adapt. And that was another thing. Gen X were adaptable. Well, because adaptable. we've had to adapt. And I think that, you know, it's... it's What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say it's almost like similar to being abused in a way to where it's like if you're an abused kid, you read the room really fast. Like you have right, to look right. and you have to know exactly where the next punch is coming yeah. from. And I think that there's a bit of that to this yeah. generation to where it's kind of like, OK, what's happening now? So we have to look two, three steps ahead, ahead. Yeah. at all times so that we know kind of what's coming because things have changed so fast. Going right. back to my original point about technology, it's like, okay, I'm just now getting used to learning how to use a CD player, and it's like, now it's now MP3s. It's this, yeah. I'm like, you know, I want to buy an iPod? I spend all your money on CDs, so I still want to use that technology, oh, right? You, you know, know I mean, well, I'm just saying it like, it, it's like, how many times can the rug be pulled out from under you? Exactly. And so now I'm like, fuck it, I'm not going to buy a rug. And exactly. I think that's kind of where we are. That's how I am, too. I just now got an iPhone because of the camera, but I was like, I, this is like iPhone, what number are we on? Oh, now? I've had iPhone since like I have the first it, one. I'm but like, because I know every time I'm going to buy one, there's going to be another one to buy. So that's why I said I'm not going to buy the rug. I'm not even going to. No, I hear you. But I, what I'm trying to say is that, that that is why I think we are more adaptable and more looking forward mm. um, as opposed to being stuck kind of like we were talking earlier, kind of like the, you know, where you get kind of stuck in this thing, like I'm going to keep making this product and eventually yeah. people are going to come back and that's a fad. And, you know, we're like, this isn't a fad. It's not going away. And I think that's why we're a little bit more forward looking because we have seen it so much come and go. I, and that's really a good point. I, I love the um, series Fear of the Walking Dead. I don't know if people are familiar, but uh, Frank Delane's character was a heroin addict at the very beginning when the uh, zombie apocalypse first starts, right? And stuff starts shitting his shit hits the fan, and he tells his family, "Now you're living in my world, day to day, not knowing mm -hmm. where you're going to stay, not knowing where you're going to be. Now all of a sudden, the rug is pulled out from under your feet. Welcome to my world." So I feel the pandemic did that to the world. It's like welcome to Jenna, <laughs> like welcome well, to our world of like and you may not I, know where your next job is, or you have to think ahead and not be set on your job you've had for thirty years. Like you need to think outside the box. Where society is right now, we're all standing on that rug, and the hands are on the side of it, getting ready, ready to, to pull. pull it out. And we're like, okay, they are. The be ready signs are all there with the global warming and the shortages that are going on right now. And if we don't adapt and control and shape our future to set us up in twenty years. You're going to be struggling, you know, and I had mentioned that, well, we'll get to that in the second podcast about Puerto Rico, but if we can control as many of those variables by knowing how to grow right, our own food, right. how to fish and source our own water, Just all be two those steps things ahead, that we take, two, three take steps for granted, ahead. we no longer need those grocery stores. We no longer need those shortages. We are self-sufficient. We can control our own energy supplies. But even we before that, like doing a podcast or a web series or doing your own YouTube, like you're taking, I love the film industry, but I'm not going to be working at a studio that may or may not be there in, in 10 years. I'm taking my project with me wherever I go. So it's like we're still in the industry, but we're like making it adaptable to the world we're going to be living in. The next. This isn't going away the way COVID has no. changed the structure. Like 9-11 changed everything. This has changed everything. And if you think we're just going to go back to this pre-pandemic like Shangri-La it's not gonna happen you know currently I work in theater and I've seen theater just be decimated that's why by you're like goodbye thing. yeah and it has made this helped me make this decision to move to Puerto Rico um, but 
there's also a faction of society that's just in denial about the whole thing too. It's a like total denial. Because theaters back open, oh, let's get the return back to normal. Well, it gives me anxiety to see everybody sitting in there with their masks. It gives me anxiety to see, you know, uh, yeah. a room full of people masked. And I understand that it needs to be there because right. it's, you know, that's where what the CDC tells us. And I actually believe but what the uncanny. CDC tells us. But it's uncanny. It's surreal. It is surreal. And for my brain to be wrapped around it, it's surreal. And the other night, right before I left uh, Iowa to come out to, to uh, L.A., we had our opening night show of Elf the Musical. And the audience was packed. There was 330 people in a 360-seat house. So, I mean, we— Were they wearing masks or no? Everyone mm-hmm. was masked up. It wasn't the same. It was yeah. surreal, and I had to leave the room. Faces. I was like, I can't I, be in I'm here. I'm a social, and that's another thing I wanted to say. We're social. Like you said, read the room. We read the room. Like I know if I go to a party and the vibe, like I'm like shit's gonna go. I always would leave a party before like fights would happen. Like I knew. Or she'd call the cops. Or I call the cops on my own party. That one. <laughs> we'll tell that story later. <laughs> I had to. It was so out of control. I was like, please. 1996 Halloween party. I was like, I had to call. But so we, I think we're the last generation to like understand those social graces to be devoid of technology and still talk to a person, a stranger. Like some, I know. And to this be is, told to come home for dinner. This or, is no you know, offense to millennials or anybody else here in the room, but I know a lot of you guys like don't answer the phone if you don't know the number or I don't like talking on the phone or i'd rather text i'm like i pick up i'm like hey because before caller id you had to pick it up you had it could to be it, it could be a bill collector or it could be your grandma you had to be ready whoever it was or your principal <laughs> or it yeah. could be your boyfriend <laughs> could be that hot guy you don't know because there was no caller id you just picked up and the phone's ringing, you raced your siblings to pick up the phone you raced your siblings to yeah, answer the I, front I, door. I got, like, who's it. at the front door? I got you it. You slide in your socks. Right. You know? Now it's like somebody's ringing the door. Nobody's and you home. hide behind yeah. your And couch. also you can't do crank calls really anymore. Oh. No. <laughs> Funny story. When caller ID. So we used to call like people and sing the never ending story. We'd call be like, never ending story. Ooh. And so like this person called back. They're like, you better stop calling our house. We're like, how did they know it was us? Well, there was that function <laughs> on the phone before caller ID. It was like, what, star six, seven? I where you pushed ID, and you No, caller ID. Came Excited. first, Caller and then ID you could first. do the star six seven uh, to erase your number. Yes. Oh, is that what it was? You yeah, had you it and you plugged it in. It was next to your answering machine, and it was like call coming in from this number. But there was also the star six nine, which called them Bit back. back. <laughs> yes, that was what. Yes. <laughs> which was I'm awesome. Like, what so like call and hang up, and then you're like call back, and you're, you're like, like, oh uh, no, bitch, I'm, I'm right here. Get you back. Yep. And then that's when people started avoiding people. You're like, oh, I know who that number is. Not going to answer. Where before you just answered, or you're at a party. Somebody talks to you, and you're like, hey. And if it sucks, you leave, but you still talk to them first to decide was it vi- if they suck. Was it viewed as inconvenient then? I don't think it was, and now uh, it is. Yeah, and I think it's, it's because we yeah. have one on our hip, and it's with us all the time. And so when somebody calls, oh, yeah, it's yeah. intruding into Your space. what's happening yeah. right here versus when you're home and just lounging and the phone rings. It's like, oh, who's but on the phone? But it's not just that. It's the capability to talk to somebody you don't know. Well, you know what I mean? Like, it's not an awkward thing for us. It's like I can talk to somebody I don't know. Well, and that's that's a difference that I've noticed in Puerto Rico, too. You know, when I'm out here in the States, especially in a, uh, a city type of environment, the use of cell phones is, I mean, it's everywhere. It is absolutely everywhere. When I'm in Puerto Rico, 
people aren't on their phones. They're standing in the street talking with one another. They're still having that. It, it feels like you step into the 1970s. It feels uh, like you're a 1980s. Is it not just because they drive with an open container of beer in well, their car? Well, they sure do because <laughs> the cops leave them alone. It isn't this police, right, police state, state out there. We're like, oh, shit, you know? I'm going to get pulled but over. But conversely, though, you know, you're heading up the side of a mountain and there is no guardrail. So there is no infrastructure. Well, and, how's, you are, and how's the cell service, though? I mean, is the it's cell, actually pretty good. It's good, so it's not a problem of being of the, spotty. The carrier but there can be blackouts, but, and we're like, okay, oh, yeah. there's a blackout. Let's go to the beach. Like, we're going to be okay with that. Absolutely. We are white. We're cutting down. I'm. I'm okay, I, I, so l- let's oh. get back. We're going to talk more about Puerto Rico. Let's get yeah, back to the boomers. You haven't even me. I know. This is Brando. Wow. Right? We should, Who's the director of this? We getting into talking. And we got like 15 me. minutes left. We're just now getting to the... Okay. <laughs> so Scott and I have been friends since 1993, and we met at theater in high school and literally just started talking to each other. He's like, let's make pizza for the thespian picnic. We're like, okay. We made a mess at your mom's house. She was mad Absolutely. at Absolutely. Uh, so is this the one zoom in we got here? Here we go. This is our pic... Do you want to explain what this is? Yeah, it's prom from 1994. She was my prom date. You made a decision. I made a decision and to took her me. to prom. And uh, what are we singing here? ABBA. Well, but we always beat to our own drum, though, because in that picture, and you can't really tell, we're dressed in Shakespearean garb. So right. it wasn't okay. even we that we wore prom. the tuxedos no, and the we this went and the all that. It grandiose. Was, yeah, and we were always kind of on that same creative but strange But we like page. this picture because it still captures, like, who we are, right? Absolutely. Like, it's our essence. And so this is still who we are today. Like, I don't look at... Like, some people look at their pictures like, I can't believe I had that haircut. I can't believe I listened to that music. We're like, let's get to this yeah. right now. But I framed this for the last day of school, and he's had it ever since. And every he's even taking this to Puerto Rico with him. So yeah. I love this because it's, it's who we are. And so not only that, though, our journeys have been kind of parallel throughout throughout the years. I mean, we've kind of diverged when you went to Chicago, but we've came back together, produced some plays together. But now we're like, let's collaborate again. And we're at a place in our lives where we're like, hey, like we are lifelong friends. Like we're and we not only that, we know each other. We know each other's sensibilities. He knows when I'm grumpy in the morning. Like it's basically being married, but without the like nonsense. <laughs> like no. we're not. Or the living together. Yeah, right? we're living together. So this is great. So. I thought it'd be great to have you as our first guest because these are the conversations we have on the phone. And I'm like, oh, my God, I wish we record that conversation. This is so great. So to have an initial episode with you, you know, getting this all formatted and, and, and you. Well, no, and I love being out here. So thank you for inviting so, me. So, yeah. This so this is Scott. Did you want to say what you do in your real life? Or? Well, I work for well, currently I work for a, a theater company out in Iowa. Uh, I won't we don't need to plug yeah. names, um, but we do a children's theater and an adult theater. Um, I've worked there for the past eight years. Like I said earlier in this podcast, you know, I kind of got uh, comfortable, which I've never let grass grow underneath my feet before. But um, out of the, everybody that graduated in our theater, like we're the only two that are still like still in, doing the arts. in the arts. And yeah. uh, everybody on, like, we're the heroes. Like, everybody's like, oh, you and Scott are still friends. You and Scott are still doing that. Like, it's some big deal. It's like, no, we had dreams and we like stuck to them. What are you guys all doing? Like, well, it's, it's, we also, and, no offense if you do have children, but we don't have children, so we were yeah. allowed to be we a little bit more yeah. uh, flitty ar- about life. We didn't have anybody that we need to take care of other yeah. than my cat or my dog at the right. time, you know. And and that's it's it's a freedom that a lot of people don't have. Okay, so awesome to have you here. Let's get to the boomers real quick because we're gonna wind down this episode quick. Time does fly. But yeah. I don't believe we put him on the spot about what Gen X means to him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah yeah. Good call, two cent uh. cam. Thanks. 
<laughs> yes. That's my that's two cents. That's what we have here. I, I would that's completely agree with your sense of uh, lack of technology because I think that's kind of what defines us. Yeah. We, were, we had Apple IIe, Oregon Trail. We were a generation logo. that actually had friends that came and knocked on our door, and right. we were out in the street corner in the cul-de-sacs. We Come were playing and riding bikes. And, you know, just make sure you're home for dinner. And if we weren't, I heard my mom yell down the street, and she'd get me. It was never about – don't talk to strangers. I mean, I guess that creeped yeah, in a little bit with danger, some of those, you know. You had McGruff, the take McGruff, a bite out of crime. The crime the dog. Crime yeah. dog. Yeah. Don't talk to strangers. But it, it was that sense of oh, just we had the freedom. we had the razor blades and the apples at, at That's, Halloween. That was a myth. That was cool. That was a myth. <laughs> just because you were goth. I was goth. <laughs> <laughs> but we we did, we had a sense of freedom, we and did I feel think free. that because of our movies, and also I do believe that you know with the Reagan era, and you had lots of American bravado movies with Rambo and Top Gun and those sorts of you know oh the Russians are bad pro America movies. We do have a sense of patriotism and love for this country, you know, that I think was kind of instilled. But we do now see the flaws in it as well. Well, looking back as an adult, you're like, oh my god, a lot of this like ideology was flawed in the politics. But I love the culture in the movies. Right. So how do you negotiate loving Top Gun but hating Reagan's policies as an adult? Like that's kind of the paradox too, right? Like I'm well, like I love this. Reagan Reagan deregulated everything. Uh, everything and that is why fuck, everything that's fucking us now mm. started then. Yes. But I still love all the culture that came out of that time. So Absolutely. how do you negotiate your identity knowing? Well, because what you we just have now. to look at it almost through a nostalgic lens. It it's was your nostalgic. childhood. It's it yeah, nostalgic. we were kids. What's that? We were kids. Yeah. yeah. Like we didn't know what was going on in politics. I didn't vote for Reagan. I didn't no. vote. I didn't so vote for Carter. <laughs> I was born I the day Jimmy Carter was elected, I and know, I think he's I one know. of the most underrated presidents ever. I mean, he had solar panels on the roof. This he was in the have, 70s, and my Reagan ripped him off. My a solar salesman back in the 70s. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, there was this guy who had this weird electric car, and you know, it was one of the first things that i ever seen, and he had tons of batteries in this thing. And it what was about like, my dad, who knew the guy that did the alternative fuel, and then he they disappeared? They disappeared. <laughs> yeah, they disappeared. They My didn't. dad will tell that story to anybody that listens. Yeah. This guy had an alternative fuel, and then he disappeared. <laughs> but, okay, so where does that lead our legacy that the boomers left us? So we talked about the Prince Charles that will never get anything from his mother, you know. I thought this, okay, so we're going to get this guy as a guest at some point. Bruce Cannon Gibney wrote a book, A Generation Recent. of Sociopaths. How the Baby Boomers Betrayed America. Hmm. And this isn't a book about bitching, oh, the boomers suck, the boomers are... This is about all the policies they've made post-World War II until recently. All the economic decisions, environmental decisions, cultural decisions that have kind of dug us in this hole that we are today. The ignoring of global warming. When I'm that not going to read the entire book to you. But I find it very ironic that the, uh, you know, the little quote where they start a book off and I'm not sure if people are familiar with Kronos, the Greek mythologi mythological figure. But he swallowed his children so they wouldn't, you know, succeed him. him. They wouldn't succeed him. So we were talking about that. Great Kronos kept swallowing them as each arrived, his mother's knees from her sacred womb, intending that no other one of his illustrious children of Uranos held the kingly province among the immortals. Why would he start <laughs> the book off with the boomers being the Kronos of their generation? Well, because they haven't abdicated their throne yet. You still see the boomers in charge of our politics. I mean, how old can our president get? 
I voted for Joe Biden. I'm not talking smack about him. But really, we need a change in leadership. He is my dad's age. My dad can't even get to the kitchen without getting winded. How can you solve global warming when you're not going to be around to see the consequences? You just won't. But haven't politicians that they've always Congress has always been old. Like, I don't think that that's something different or new. Well, but then you had Kennedy. You you had Kennedy come in and it was he was accepted and loved. And I I, I can see Obama. We did have Obama, but he's still part of the baby boomer. He's on the very he's edge boomer, of it. He's on the cusp. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wondered last night. We actually looked up his age. But and like, he's there just should be the more AOCs. And I know, like, I'm not a big. I hate Bobar, but like, there's like a few. There's a handful of younger people. Well, and then the people who are of our generation who are in there are a lot of wackadoodles there's too. There's so many. There's a lot of wackadoodles. And I think that's just because the splintering of our society at this point, and it, it but, allows I mean, those fringe candidates in there. But it's it's not just Congress and politics, though. A lot of boomers are not retiring. They're like, but can they working. retire? And yes. that is a question. No, that's that is my, a question. No, that's a legitimate question. The boomers can they retire because they have pensions and social security. We're the ones that are going to be working. We can't retire for sure. But I'm wondering if they can. I mean, you know. Their parents retired in their fifties and sixties. Right. I mean, that yes. was You'd the retirement age. Now. And I don't know that they can. Especially with as many medical advances as they're making now. And we're living longer. People have to work later in life because your retirement will last for 100 years. Here's the difference, Rachel. It's not going to – it's going to be You're right. It's always been old, but there's always been this, like, passing of the mantle, right? There's always been this – Stepping down. No, I agree. I'm just saying my question is only, like, where is the mantle? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, before the mantle was – you know, you're 50, or whatever what, it was. Yeah. 50s and 60s. And now, I mean, maybe the mantle has just moved to 70s and 80s and we will will eventually get it. But we're 20 years away from that. I don't know. I mean, it's a question. I just don't know. I think it goes beyond like them not stepping. I'm like, can they? I don't know. My parents both died really young, so they're not alive anymore. Um So I don't know. Like, would their house have been paid off? But the cost hmm. of living has increased. Oh. But there's no the wages don't match like even for them so I don't know. Well, then that's kind of greedy and selfish. It's like so, but no. But how do I they live? Say that. It's about survival at that point. You know, I mean, if you, I if think you don't the have enough money have to retire, like for the whole, I know there's exceptions, but I think for a whole, they were very prosperous generation. Well, we did read the statistics last night, and yes, yes. they have the the bulk of the money is absolutely. In the baby absolutely. Yeah, we looked at the age range, and then the how much the money of the you know population went to that generation, and, and they definitely had over fifty. The millennials, unfortunately, for being as strong of a generation as they small. are, and as big. Of a generation as the millennials are, yeah, they have the smallest piece of the pie, and that's what I was gonna say. They're more fucked than we are. Yeah, no, because ours was about comparable. It wasn't terrible, but it was, you know. And I have a I my own beef of that is higher institutions mm-hmm. or higher learning institutions because you take out student loans, and now that just becomes a payment down the road. And these schools, they raise the prices, raise the prices, so that by the time you're out of school, your ability to buy a home is shot. It's gone, and. It, your home is your first major investment to making wealth in this world. I mean, I don't own a home. Do Lucky either thing, of you own a home? I just, uh, well, I used to, I, I owned a condo in Chicago. I bought one. This was in 2005, right before the, the economy collapsed. And I'd always been told real estate is the best investment. The economy Not collapsed. In, in my circumstances, I had to sell mm-hmm. and I lost my shirt. Yeah, me too. I lost my shirt on the condo. And actually, yes, I did. Ju- I, well, I can't say I did just. I'm closing on a house in January oh, good. in Isabella, Puerto Rico. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very that excited. That second episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was just curious because I know, like, I owned 
three homes, I guess, but I haven't owned a home since 2008, and I can't, uh, I can't see a circumstance <laughs> where I'll own anything from here on out. Especially in in California, it's yeah, so, California, so expensive here. It is so expensive here. Do you know in my rent in Iowa right now, I pay three hundred fifty dollars a month. Oh my god! Right. So yeah, see how much extra money there is. <laughs> hey, but I've been able to be creatively satisfied for the last ten years because I work in theater out there, and there's a, a theater company I work for is over a hundred years old. There's a vibrant arts community, you know, out there. And so I have been lucky in my environment. You also have a significant other. How would I date in Waterloo? I We met in Waterloo, so it's possible to meet somebody anywhere, mm. really. I think that's more about the time of your life. And okay, you so are. we're winding down. Uh, yes, actually, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, I guess I'll go into this when I actually have him as a guest since I highlighted all this stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go over it. Oh, I just slammed that. All right. Well, um, thank you guys so much. That was actually really enlightening. And so the next episode is actually we talked about kind of the problems. We want to be positive and hopeful. The next episode is going to be like solutions. What are we going to do about it? Got the paradox, the Gen X. Then so you take the Xanax. (laughs) Then you exodus. Then you exodus. (laughs) So where do we go from here? That's going to be what we're talking about. Probably continually throughout the series is. How do we keep our mark and our voice in contemporary culture? Well, and how do we survive in a rapidly changing environment that's rapidly. going to be completely? I mean, erode. I mean, the weather patterns, uh, the global warming. Yeah, that's and I don't want to be like way. millennials. You're on your own. The supply Deuces. shortages. But like, we'll talk about the Bitcoin thing too. Like, we need to like bridge the gap between us yeah, and the generations. The millennials aren't us. out of this either. The as boomers, far as you're on your own. Like I could care less if they retire. Like you're on your own. They built they built a world for us that's not functioning. But like past us, we need to work together if we're going to see it through this. For well, sure. Well, they built a world that functioned for them, and that's the difference. That's mm-hmm. what the book is yeah. about. Yeah, it functioned for them, not for and generations it didn't, it didn't, preceding. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to again to what I was talking about about technology and things just progressing. Like that that is a model that cannot progress. There is no, no room in it. For it to progress and to be consistently right. it's told unsustainable. that the problem is you, that you just don't work hard enough, right. that you just don't apply yourself. You don't work enough hours. And how many times have you been told that you don't apply yourself? Oh, I constantly. A billion. And, yes. and, and, but the thing, is the, it's, the system is rigged. Yeah. It's completely rigged. Like, uh, you can work yourself. 80 hours. I mean, I worked yeah. at, I went and, you know. I started off in writing and wanted to be a writer and all that kind of stuff. And then did my corporate thing and went and I got a job. At, I remember I got a job at Compaq. And I was like, oh, yeah, my God, yeah. this is a job I can work at forever. I made it. I did it. And what happens? They get bought out by HP and I get laid off. Mm-hmm. So it's like and it was just, you know, OK, well, that's gone. So now I've got to start over. And at that point, you know, I had 10 years in. You know, and it's like I was and then what first do I do one now? out. Yeah. And so then I just went and then I went back and I had to go. And every time you have to get a new job, you get to, your pay goes down. It goes down. Yeah. It goes down. It goes down. Yeah. And so I'm like, fuck the corporate world. I'm out. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are still doing it and they're able to, you know, but the the world of going and getting and st- having one job and staying at that one job and buying your For house and years, staying at that one right. house and passing that house down to your kids, that's gone. But the boomers keep saying that's the way. Like, that's the they only still, way. The only way. Well, they will right. die the on that only hill. Way. Only way. Our so parents that, think, even post-pandemic, that's what we have to do. It's unbelievable. Well, if you had a house and you had a stable job, look what would happen, which is just not true. But the, all the policies are based on that model. Yes. And that's what needs to change, yeah. I think. Because it, it does, it's crumbling. It doesn't well sustain said. itself. 
Definitely. That and and on that note, yeah, that's that's well, the, okay. That's right. the mic drop. <laughs> and on that note, there's nothing else to say. Deuces. Cut. Awesome. Cut. Cut.